Now, welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I am Cody. And I'm Andrew, and this is episode 24. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun, fun, fun hour. We have some good material. I think it's good. Some. Well, some of it's bad, but some we're going to talk about how it's bad. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause laughs> Almost we're, all of it. Because <laughs> we're, we're critics. Yeah, we are. Well, and we're so harsh. Harsh. We Ooh, were. We really aren't, though. Oh, uh, we were last week, or last time. But in general, are we? Um, no, I mean, we praised Civil War. I'd say we're somewhere in the we middle. We praised Rebirth. Uh, we didn't praise X-Men, uh, Batman vs. Superman, or Suicide Squad. That is true. Or Marvel, Marvel Comics. Like I I'd say we praised... sit where a lot of folks sit. In the middle. You know, somewhere in between. But that's just like America. It's, it's <laughs> most people in America. Yeah, so, we're somewhere in between. A nation of B and C students. This a is nation true. Of, I would a say, nation in the middle. I would say we're we're a nation of B and C. I was definitely a B and C student. Uh, I I can't say that I had many A's through high school. I I had my A's. I know I could have had more. <laughs> I was the kid who was always told. I just never did. He my could homework. do so. Oh gosh. <laughs> You're preaching to the converted there. Yeah. I was always told, or my dad was always told, he could do so well if he just applied himself a little more. Isn't that the worst? It is the worst. It's like... Do you ever wonder if they just told every kid that? Well, they did. They definitely did. Except for the kids getting A's, because they couldn't. Like, they couldn't get, do better. The thing is, I actually felt my teacher was telling... I felt all my teachers were telling me the truth when they would tell me that, because I sometimes would work harder and I would get better grades. No, I would, no, it's I would definitely, get, it's I would definitely get the A's. truth, but it's just annoying when you think you're doing so well and then your teachers are like, he could do so much better if he just applied himself. It's like, screw you. <laughs> you know, I don't need A's. I just need to show you that I'm listening somewhat. You and I were like Corey Matthews. <laughs> yeah. We've been watching a lot of Boy Meets World. A lot of Boy Meets World. In fact, that's actually taken up most of my media time. The last Both of our media time. The last few days. Well, well not you, because you have your work. I like ingest every, everything. You just ingest, period. You I, just, I try to. Take. It's very... Intake. It's very intake. healthy to have a good in, in, ingestive <laughs> lifestyle. Um, intake. Well, the thing that, uh... I digest, too, like, I... Yeah. No, no, the, the thing that, uh... I know we both kind of liked about uh, that show is that it's really... It really illustrates what the life of a young boy is like, and it's... The title is really indicative of the show itself. Yeah, which... It's I a, mean... It's a fun throwback show, but anyways, what's <clears throat> cool is that, of course, everyone remembers that Corey loves baseball and other sports and stuff but they also touch on x-men and superman and a couple of, there's a couple other little references in there that's yeah. kind of kind of fun definitely definitely mm-hmm. good show we recommend it 10 out of 10 it's a classic go watch it uh now after, we'll actually talk listening. about what we were meant to talk about on the show which is comics and news about comics uh so just to begin off Cody, you found this. It was an article on a website that I've never heard of, but apparently other people have. So, what's the news? Newsarama. So, this website is called Newsarama, mm-hmm. and apparently it's been around since 1998. The fact that I've liked comic books and haven't really heard about it before, neither had you. 
I've never heard of this site before. It might... I don't know. It might That might explain why we disagree with some of their picks for yeah. some of the worst bat suits ever. Now, they included some bat suits that I thought were quite deserving of I would the say, worst bat suit I would mantle. say 10 out of 11... 10 out of 11 of those bat suits deserve to be on the list. Yes. And then it seemed like they started the chalk filler yeah. in, in, into the list. Like, and it, it bugs me because that's, to me, that's not even the worst one. And it's, it's Well, anyways, one of the ones they ragged on was one of the most current. Well, it is the current, yeah. Pardon me, it, the most current bat suit. Yeah. So you tell me what you think about that. Uh, the, so, the new rebirth suit. So it's the new rebirth suit, and what they did with the new rebirth suit is... They took away the... So they made... They brought the yellow back into the suit. And what they did, though, is uh, the outlining of the gadgets and the bat symbol are yellow. And so it has this kind of, like, yellow highlight, but still all black. And then he has the... And then his suit is gray. Um, and it's going back to, like, the, the skin-tight gray. So you can see, like, his bulging muscles and stuff like that. And then underneath his back... Bulge. His cape uh, is purple like it's purple underneath and then his the the outside of it is is it purple yeah the inside is purple yeah you know i honestly did not pick up on that in in the well they didn't mention it in the article and it's like i thought that was going to be the one thing where they oh like oh the purple clashes but i think the purple is really cool well i'll tell you what they ragged on in the article was something that isn't really true about the outfit no they said that the outfit's too bulky they picked the crappiest drawing, the, yeah, like the crappiest the, depiction of the suit, and then said it, that was too bulky because that drawing kind of is awkward and bulky. Yeah, that's the that's actually the. If you guys go to their website, you can see the, what we're talking that's about. That's the prototype picture that they they're like, hey, this is going to be what the new design is going to be. Like. What was it? Was it number eight out of twelve? I can't remember which number. If you scroll through well, their list of the bat suits, so num it goes from least worst to worst. I don't know that it was actually ranked. Oh. I think it might have been out of it just in no particular. Oh, it was order. number two on the list. Like the, it was the second one you ran into. Okay. Um, Never mind. My my problem though is, I it feels like with this list someone went, they typed in Batman costumes or Batman suits, and they found all the bat suits. Uh, they found one picture of the bat suit, each bat suit, and then they're like, oh, these are the worst out of all these pictures. Because if you look at any other picture of the new Batsuit, it looks a hundred times better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works well with the character. And then they talked about like how the military-grade suit, like the, the grayness, it's like it looks like any of his other suits. It's just that they're drawing him so muscly, 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 that it looks like it, there's texture, but that's just his muscles. That's just the way someone's drawing it. And like I said, when you look at other drawings, it doesn't have that texture because the person's not drawing him abnormally muscular. Um, it To me, it just sounds pretentious. This is a pretentious article. All the others are true. Like, all those other suits on there are really bad. Yeah, like, really bad. I mean, in my opinion, the two worst are, are on screen, and that was the 1940s serial. Oh, gosh. Batman, just because of how poor the quality is. And the fact yeah, that he I mean, wears his pants as high as Fred Mertz on I Love Lucy. It's like someone's mom made them a Batman suit for Halloween. And they... Out of felt. And the, and their family 
had an annual monthly income of less than two hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because they made it out of felt. It's really bad. But the worst <laughs> of all time, I don't care if it's higher budget than that or not, is the bat nipples. Yeah, the bat nipple suits are pretty bad. You know, my mom and I have a saying in our house, and that's keep your nipples covered up. Yeah, I, won't I would say say why that is, but I would say majority of houses. Have that saying. Have that saying. No, it's, it's actually it's a reference to a Bill, a Bill Murray movie when he oh. says that. It's in Scrooge. He says that. I've never seen it. Funny movie. Anyways. Christmas movie, right? Yeah. But anyways, yes, make sure the bat nipples are covered up. Yes. That is a must. Because he, he's wearing he's wearing a... Do they... Is he, is he wearing a shirt under that? Yeah, it depends. I, every time I see him... the incarnation of Batman. Every time I see him, like, when he's back at the Batcave, he is... <laughs> He's not wearing a shirt. Under well, like when he's when he doesn't have his suit on, like he's not. Those suits suit. would be uncomfortable without. I mean, with it, a shirt, it'd be really uncomfortable. I would think. Like he would be wearing Under Armour. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Under Armour is be chafing quite a Bruce bit. Bruce Wayne could afford Under Armour. He'd have it. He'd have his own line <laughs> of Under Armour. Under Armour is so expensive. The Wayne armor. That's right. But and, in and all the old the, cartoons from the nineties, Under Armour symbol. It's the Wayne, yeah, the Wayne Enterprise symbol. Have you noticed how the texture of the bat suit in all the nineties animated series stuff is like very clothy? And when when Alfred hands him the cowl, it's literally floppy, like a glove or something. Yeah, and and the shirt is like super thin. Yeah, well, that's how he was drawn for the longest time. Yeah. And like, I know I noticed that it's in all the old golden or not well, golden age through bronze age comics. They have him drawn with that as well. Yeah. That's why that's why I feel like this article is just super pretentious about it. It's like okay, there even, are a lot if, of little flaws in every yeah version of the bat. I'm not suit. saying it's the best bat suit in the world. I just don't think it deserves to be on a list of the worst. Yeah. Um, especially since you like. I'm look, glad that none of my favorites made the list. That'd have been kind of sad. Yeah. It just would have made me feel like I had really bad taste. Well, my favorite will always be the animated series. The animated series is certainly up there for me. Yeah. But the reason why it's hard for me to pick is because, frankly, most of my favorite bat suits are just different versions of the gray and black bat yeah. suit. Yeah. That's my favorite. It, it kind of depends on, I guess, who's drawing it, but... I like the bat suit from the first Batman Begins, or the first Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Hush Batman, and that's what I have on my arm. But there's just there's a lot of yeah, you do. <laughs> there's a lot of good bat suits, and I am glad. That's the one thing the, the the new DC is getting right in the films. The only thing is the fact that the bat suit, in my opinion, is as close to the comics as we've ever had before. Hopefully that doesn't change for Justice League because they released new images and that looks a little bit different. The suit's changed. I think he's still wearing gray. I think it's, Is he? I think it's darker gray. Okay. I think it's more of a charcoal. Yeah. Like gunmetal gray. Mm-hmm. But, um... Speaking of which, I was, uh... <laughs> I was... <laughs> I... was on Reddit and one of the... Someone asked the question, like, if you could make your own Justice League movie, what... <coughs> or, if someone said, give us the worst Justice League movie you could think of on the spot now, go. And then someone, like, gave out line for line what the new Justice League movie is. Oh my gosh. It made me laugh. That's <laughs> that is pretty funny. But sad. <laughs> yeah. 
It, it bugs me that Cyborg is on the Justice League and not Teen Titans, and it yeah. bugs me that Ezra Miller is playing uh, Flash. So here's something I And do. Martian Manhunter is not in this movie. Oh, I knew that, uh, and that made me mad from the get-go. Come on, he is such a... Well, he's such an awesome character. Well, yeah, but not just that, but like, he... I can't think of Justice League without Martian Manhunter. And he's such an awesome character. And he's no, he's no, such a, no, he is. Such a he, great he, he's really, he's really important to the Justice League. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, come on, cut the guy some slack. It's kind of the only time he gets to shine. Yeah, it isn't like people are going out shelling he's out like hand only... over fist for the latest issue of Martian Manhunter. No, why? Doesn't really exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and he's the only black green alien we we, we got. Black green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like they they can't get a white guy to play John Johns. No, they can't. Like he needs to be a black actor. Like well, it's just funny cuz he's drawn green. Yeah. But it's so implicit that he's black. He's black. Because even well, when he turns into uh It's like John Jones, which is his uh which was his human alias mm-hmm. when he first came to Earth. Mm-hmm. He like they still drew him like, he still looked like a white black dude. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's black. And and just the way it's they... Like, what are these guys trying to pull? His voice is very... Has, like, a very Jamaican accent to it. Like, in, in, in the, the animated In, in the animated movies, yeah. Um, oh, what I was going to say is, when you were mentioning all the things that, you know, are wrong with Justice League and this and that... Uh, I didn't say all the things, but just, like, two... Yeah, a couple of those things. Yeah. What I do when that happens, when I get this depressed about a series, I kind of detach myself from that and cling to something new again, and that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm looking forward to Rogue One. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like hog crap. No. It, it looks, looks pretty the, good. Ex- like, far opposite. It looks really good. Like, you were... You, now, I, I don't want to distract from the list of... The plethora of other things we have here. Plethora but, is a word. But, plethora is a word. Yeah. Um, Google it. Would you say I have a plethora of pinatas? Oh my gosh, I love that movie. <laughs> oh, any, anyways, uh, shoot! Now I'm Rogue One. I, the, the, I was the, saying the, something. The posters. Yeah. What do you think about the posters? I don't like them, and I, I think they're gross. You think they look photoshopped? <laughs> I think they look really photoshopped. Me too. Should we go on yeah. to the next topic? Yeah. All right. Cool. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, speaking of things that we can be excited about. Uh, two things, very big two things, uh, Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok. So last time we talked about that Doctor Strange might be in Thor Ragnarok because of the address that Thor is holding, um, and the directors came out and said, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, which bugs me. We aren't involved in making these movies. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, yes you, yes you do. Just come out and say yes or no. But the fact that they said they don't know. To me, implies that he's going to be in the movie. The implication. The, it's the impl- It is the implication. Because if he wasn't, they could. They would just come out and say, "No, he's, Doctor Strange is not going to cameo in Thor." But if they don't want to spoil the surprise, it's almost as if they don't think we know that there's going to be a Doctor Strange movie, and yeah, there is going to be a is. Doctor Strange movie. Comes out in November. November go 4th, watch, right? Go watch the trailers. Is it November fourth? think so i should probably get that i think because I, I need to get my tickets i think it's the first week of november i need to get those tickets yeah but I'm it's going, going to be a thing it's going to be a movie it's coming out they announced it a while ago 
It's gonna be wonderful. And it's gonna have you know. It's gonna have a different tone. Different tone than uh, from the rest of the Marvel films. I was telling Andrew. I'm talking to the audience now. Yeah. Uh, I was telling Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Andrew earlier. I was reading this article about uh, Scott Snyder's uh, All Star Batman. Mm-hmm. And the whole article. This is also on Newsarama, by the way. The same. The same. You get off that side. I, apparently, I shouldn't go there anymore. <laughs> no, uh, before I get in trouble from with someone at some point in my life for talking too much crap about this. Yeah. But anyways, uh, they kept bringing up tone, and everyone says. I mean, I understand. I get that tone is a real thing, but you yeah. can't have a three paragraph article that's only yeah. about vague terms like that because you have mm-hmm. to elaborate when you when you say different tone. What do you mean by that? Yeah. It's like, well, the Amazing Spider-Man series by Dan Slott has a different tone than the Superior Spider-Man series. Which is a different tone from this other one. (laughs) Which is a different tone for the Amazing Spider-Man series that was started before the Superior Spider-Man series. Right. Which is also by Dan Slott. Speaking of Spider-Man. Speaking of Spider-Man, I am going to rant. I am going to rant so hard. So hard. Because I'm so excited for this movie. Alright, I'm going to lay back and you're going to rant. this casting, come on, come on. Let's get real, Marvel. Let's get this real. Okay, you know what? I'm hearing rumors. I'm not liking these rumors. They are rumors, and I'm hoping they say rumors. Number one. Number one. We got we got a, a weird weird thing going on with Mary Jane. Uh, they're, they're not... There's a possibility Mary Jane won't have red hair. And I will not stand for that. And right there. Because it's a rumor, and she's still slotted as Michelle, and in IMDb, and which could be Who's Michelle... Who's Michelle? Gun- uh, Michelle, so we don't know who she is in the movie. Um, in the comics, her name was Michelle Gonzalez. That's what people are thinking she, who she is. And Michelle Gonzalez was one of Peter Parker's roommates, and she was like a lawyer and stuff like that. But no big deal there. If that is true, that's cool. She can just be a close friend of Peter Parker's. Um, and then, like, they can do that whole thing where it's like, maybe they get an apartment together, even though there's nothing going on between them, because there wasn't. Um, my problem is, don't put Mary Jane in this movie. Just don't. You have Liz Allen there. Totally cool. Peter crushes on Liz Allen all through high school until he runs it, starts working at the Daily Planet. Then he starts dating Betty Brant. And then she breaks up with him because he's never there for her. And then he meets a lady that I like to call Queen Stacy, um, which is the best relationship of his life. And it really is. Um, but that ends very tragically. And then he starts dating Mary Jane. He meets Mary Jane while he's dating Queen Stacy. And they, they have this thing where Mary Jane's like, I like Peter too. And then Gwen Stacy's all like, no, I like Peter. And I'm actually dating Peter. So get your hands off of him. And she's like, okay. Um, and I, I don't want that in this movie. I, I, I'm I so happy that they're going with some of the, the storylines from the actual comics. Like they're doing with, uh, with uh, Carter. Sharon. Sharon. Sharon Carter. Um, who's Peggy's daughter. I mean, <laughs> daughter. Uh, niece. Or great niece, one of the two. But they're doing that relationship. And then that's who Captain America is interested in next. And so I'm happy that they're doing that. They had Pepper Potts being Iron Man's 
uh, love interest. They even did uh, Pepper Potts currently isn't Iron Man's love interest because she's kind of done with his life, his lifestyle. And they're actually they did that with Civil War. So I'm actually very happy that they're doing that. I'm hoping that since there is no Jane Foster in Thor Ragnarok, that they are able to go farther with the Lady Sif um, love interest, or no love interest at all, because it's supposed to be a buddy cop movie with him and Hulk, and so that would be pretty cool. But it would be nice to finally get that storyline, just the, the Liz Allen, Betty Brant, Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane. That would be cool. Because Mary, his relationship with Mary Jane is a culmination of all of his relationships with those other three characters. That he has grown so so much that when he's with Mary Jane, you can see the contrast of her drama queenish, like supermodel party girl um, type of attitude and personality, kind of clashes with his like <clears throat> down to earth, very mature. He's gone through a lot. Um, and he's and you see that relationship building between the two of them, and then it culminates, and they finally do get married, and then freaking Marvel decides, screw it, we don't want Peter to be happy ever, and then they destroy their marriage, and then I am not happy, and then we get Clone Wars, Clone Wars, Clone Saga, Clone Saga is gross. Second rant. Flash Thompson is being played by. The dude from Grand Budapest Hotel, and he is skinny, <laughs> and he is small, and he's supposed to be, and it's like, the way they described it is that he's supposed to be, uh, he's supposed to be destroying Peter's high school experience. That he's, so essentially he's going to be the bully, not nah, that was weird, the bully. He's going to be the bully for Peter Parker, and he's smaller than Peter Parker. This bothers me. This bothered me with Ender's Game, uh, because in Ender's Game, Ender is supposed to be super small, and he goes up against this, even though he goes up against someone who's smaller, he's still bigger than Ender, um, and he takes him down, and I, I can't see Peter Parker just, like, being slapped around a kid by a kid who has twig arms. Like, it, it, it would make me laugh. You're supposed to feel for Peter as he's being bullied. I mean, he can't really do anything because he's Spider-Man, but you're supposed to feel that, that he's, uh, he's, like, demasculating him, in a way. Um, and I really hope they don't go the intellectual bullying route, where it's, like, he's, it's, like, oh, you're not as smart as me, and this is why, because Flash Thompson, in the comics, it's part of his personality, I haven't, I don't even care about the jock part, it's just a part of his personality that he may be competent, like smart wise but that's just to get through high school he's not super intelligent and he doesn't really have common sense that's a big part of his character um and what happens is he learns that comic sense common sense when he goes into the military um where he gets his legs blown off but and i just i can't see like i i've agreed with almost every casting that marvel has done up to this point and just this whole movie casting bothers me i hope this isn't sony's casting um because if that's the case i i want to say something but i'm not going to because uh, i've said too much already uh i'm still excited for this movie when more information comes out i i hope i'm still satisfied i hope all the characters have been released for what they are 
with Zendaya still being Michelle, um, and that whoever's the guy playing Flash Thompson is able to bulk up. Please bulk up! Um, so that way he can at least get that sense that he is physically stronger than Peter, even though he's not. Rant over. Andrew Cooper with the Spider-Man special. <laughs> Give it up for Woo! Andrew. No, was, okay. Ugh. So, um, you know, you're so much more familiar with Spider-Man than I am, but it sounds like they're, they're going to have to tweak things about the characters or the actors in order in order to make this work. Yeah. <sighs> Which tweaking characters sucks. Tweaking characters is the doesn't, one thing doesn't that work. I, is the one thing that I say don't do. Like that's my main thing is changing characters. Unless they are obligatory obligatory characters that like like Negasonic Teenage Warhead um they changed her character, but her character in the comic was one panel. Hmm. So she didn't really have a character. So that was someone that they were able to change. <coughs> Mary Jane and Flash Thompson are standards of Yeah, they're not super close characters. So like, even even though they're changing, like the person playing Liz Allen looks nothing like Liz Allen. I'm totally fine with that just because Liz Allen they can still keep her character. Um, whereas with Flash Thompson and Mary Jane, so much of their physical appearance makes their character. Um, yeah. Whereas Liz, Liz Allen's doesn't. It really doesn't. So. But. Well, so, Andrew, what is your 10 out of 10 read? We were going to talk about this <clears throat> well, previous man. episode. Yeah. Uh, so my 10 out of 10 read, uh, one that I will tell people to go read if they're they're asking is matt fraction's hawkeye um matt fraction he did a hawkeye run uh i want to say two or three years ago maybe it was two it was right before secret wars it ended right before secret wars and it was probably the best hawkeye comic i've ever read which or it's the best iteration of hawkeye that i've ever read and it's very weird because it's interesting to read this and then go to, and then go watch the movies, because they're very di- vastly different characters, mm-hmm. um, which did bug me. As much as I did like Hawkeye in the movies, he's not like Hawkeye. He he has the personality, but his character isn't the same. Like Hawkeye in the comics, is like he's not married. He's like he lives in a rundown apartment. Yeah, I remember. I remember being surprised at that in the movie. I was like, "That's not Hawkeye's life," but that's not cool. at all. Um, <laughs> but they got the personality. He makes the quips. He knows that he's just a dude. Like that mo- that line in the Avengers, when he's like, "There's robots, and I'm I have a bow and arrow," and uh, it's just that that sensei's like, "I'm a hero. I know I'm a hero. I'm doing my best to be a hero, uh, but I know that I'm not the best." Mm-hmm. Like to be doing this is like Captain America can rip these things apart Thor can smash them with his hammer Iron Man can blast them to pieces I have a bow and arrow mm-hmm. and uh that that is very much Hawkeye but I really I really like Hawkeye's the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run he gets a uh, a dog they names Pizza Dog um and it's it's adorable and then he deals a lot with his relationship with uh, a girl named Kate Bishop um, who is actually, uh, when he, he died, 
I'm doing air quotes because he didn't uh, during uh, during Civil War, uh, and then he was part of the New Avengers or the Secret Avengers, one of the two, whatever Captain America's team was. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he wasn't hot, when he wasn't Hawkeye, this girl Kate Bishop, um, who is also an excellent archer, uh, took his title, and he actually passed it down to her. Like he gave him, he gave her his bow, and, was, and everything. So. Um, but yeah, it was a good run. I'm sad that's currently not going. I don't really enjoy the Hawkeye run right now, which is continuing the story, which kind of sucks, because it never got, like, a conclusion. Um, that's your all-time favorite. That's my 10 out of 10. That's my... If someone said, what's a good comic series to go to, I would, I would send them to the Matt Fraction. Um, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. I didn't know you felt that strongly about that, Reed. I was expecting something else. Like Spider-Man Blue? Not necessarily Spider-Man Blue, but I was expecting either something Spider-Man or Nightwing. Uh, With Nightwing, Grayson would be the one, but Grayson kind of has slow moments towards the end of it. It makes it like a 9.5 out of 10 for me. Um, And then Spider-Man... Spider-Man has good stories, and I've always enjoyed it, but none of them... Because it's riddled with a problem that almost every 90s Marvel comic was riddled with, which was, hey, here's this storyline. We're going to give you f- four out of five pages on Amazing Spider-Man, and the last issue is in this other series. And so then you have to go and read the other series, which I didn't. So I got this, like, I got a lot of holes um, throughout. If I had to choose, it would probably be Maximum Carnage with Spider-Man. Okay. Um, with Amazing Spider-Man, which is uh, dealing with uh, Carnage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cletus, um, the beginning of Carnage and his mass serial killing mm-hmm. of people. And then, but no, my all-time 10 out of 10 Spider-Man Blue is Spider-Man Blue. Gotcha. I will give that trade to anyone who wants to read it because it's a wonderful and beautiful read. Nice. Oh, man. So we were talking about all the Batman trades that I like earlier tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to give honorable mentions to yeah. a few other, uh, a few of my favorite reads before I actually cut to my my main ten out of ten. Yeah. So I really love Flash Rebirth. I've read that multiple times. I think I've read it three times. Uh, I've read several Green Lantern. The 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 the. Uh, Jeff Johns Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I read several of those trades. I want to say like from like just pre Blackest Night era Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read several of those two or three times, um, such as like uh, uh, No Fear, um, <clears throat> Green Lantern Secret Origin. Um, and there are a couple others that I read. Uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. I read that several times where they explain like why the yellow uh, impurity exists and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, one of my all-time favorite reads, like, ever, two, actually, because it's one character, uh, Superman Red Sun and Superman Last Sun. Those are two of my all-time favorite reads. Uh, but I will, I have to say, the reason why I'm picking this one is because I've read it, I think, five times, and every single time I find something new or, I, or I've forgotten something that I'm reminded of, and uh, that's Hush for Batman. Yeah. Um, 
So not only is Jim Lee arguably my favorite artist of all time, I mean, I have the I have the Hush tattoo on my on my left arm, and I, I love it aesthetically. It's very pleasing. I love that, but it's a very I mean, the story is very emotionally driven. It involves Bruce uh, and his childhood friend from from uh, very early on in his life, and uh, there's you know references references his dad's work as a doctor. And there's, there's a mm-hmm. lot of cool backstory and references to Jason Todd when Clayface comes in and it re- and takes shape as the Red Hood and. Bruce sort of assesses, uh, not assesses, he actually, he compares Dick's fighting style and detective work to Jason's, and he was talking about how Dick had a gift for for fighting and for, you know, forensic analysis and all that, and mm-hmm. he said J- all Jason had was blind rage, and yeah. these are, I mean, the, this comic book was actually how I learned a lot of those things um, as, a, as, a, as a young reader of Batman, because I hadn't read... Uh, a death in the family. I hadn't mm-hmm. read uh, a lonely place of dying, yeah. so this was like how I learned about kind of like Tim, Jason, and, and Dick is is like there's little monologues. Bruce mm-hmm. has these internal monologues or these little asides yeah. where he's sort of talking things out. Do and you have a death in the family? I do. Okay. Yeah, I think I might have let someone borrow it, but I do have it. Um, but Hush, man, for me, it's just. The ending is like what the heck, and I don't want. I don't I mean. I know it's. I know it's a spoiler-free thing because it's so old, but I don't really want to give it away. Just in that's case. the Catwoman thing, right? Well, there's the, there's the Catwoman thing, but yeah. um, the Riddler thing. Oh yeah. exists as well. Oh yeah, that's they have that messed up part. Yeah, yeah. very tell. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and there was just so many cool characters coming in and out. So many cool characters come in and out of it. You have Catwoman. You have Clark comes in. Lo, you see Lois. Um, I, I want to say at the beginning, Killer Croc. I, I honestly, I'm hazy on the beginning of that story, but there's just so many cool nods to think. Well, he remembers that. Uh, if, if I remember correctly, he remembers that Jason's hair was uh, originally red, and he had him dye it. Yeah, to look like Dick. I'm pretty sure Jeff Loeb remembered that. Yeah. And slip that in there, yeah. because well, it's, it's it's part of his character. It's it's when well, it's when Clayface attacks Batman, and mm-hmm. and 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 he's as Jason. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to say that's in there. Maybe yeah. I, I hope I'm not confusing that with. I think he went back to his red hair, didn't he? Possibly. Yeah. There are just so many rich nuances of the Bat family and just the Bat saga. That Jeff Loeb remembered and put so. He put so much effort into it, and, and the story just flows effortlessly. It's just, yeah. it just, it's truly an odyssey. It's amazing. But I would say that's my ten out of ten. Sweet. And the reason why I give it credit, the reason why why I give it more credit than Killing Joke is because it's a longer denser story mm-hmm. and as a kid I loved Watchmen but it hasn't stuck with me the way other reads have and I've only yeah. read Watchmen one time I've read Hush about five times okay so sweet yeah sweet. 
Well, uh, favorite recent reads. You go first. Um, mine is, I actually just read this today, which is A Strange Talents of Luther Strode. So the first volume, this comic is very brutal. Very brutal. Like I saw that. Gruesome. I was stumbing through it, and I was like, what? Yeah, like, people are exploding. Uh, it looks pretty and, filthy. And, like, guts and blood everywhere. Um, which I, I don't mind, but it was so dark and, like, just sad, the first the first volume, like, stuff happens to him, mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I read the second volume, to me, it was 100% better, which it had, it still had all that, like, gross, like, violence, but it had hope to his character. Mm-hmm. Um... And so I, I hope that keeps going. And it sets this really cool storyline. Essentially what the story is, is ever since Cain, from Cain and Abel, uh, violence has grown power. And this power becomes blind rage that you just become this person who, who kills people um, through strength and speed. Uh, and then what happened is Cain wrote all this down in this book. And they started locking... He locked himself up because he knew he wasn't immortal and people were starting to develop technology, like guns and (coughs) stuff like that. And so he was waiting until he found a way to become immortalized. But he had this book that he wrote and people started reading the book um, and they called him Kane's Students. And these people are like... So one of them is Jack the Ripper. um, And that's who he deals with in Volume 2. It's just this cool idea. I feel like the the greatness of this story comes more alive in the second volume than the first volume, which is just tragic and dark and depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just this cool idea that he has to take on all these like big, horrible characters from history. I'm, I'm going to guess like Alexander the Great might be one. Kangas Kong is going to be one. It's going to be cool just to see uh, the different people he fights. And it's very brutal, like, the fights that they do. Um, Just very, very intense. Um, But, so, that would be my favorite recent read, uh, since it's really been my only recent read. Yeah. Which, uh, because we've... Our lives have been busy. Um, Yeah. Luther Strode. The Strange Tales, Talents of Luther Strode, Volume 2. That's why we mentioned Boy Meets World at the beginning, I think, because the only media we had any time for was something that was just really easy to watch at the end yeah. of the night, and sometimes a comic book just gets you too invested. Well, and you have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have Boy yeah. Meets World, so it's like, yeah, that's something, whereas to ingest new comics, you have to buy new comics. And You know, there's a, it's, it's interesting because I feel like I, I own so many trades, that I could find a new, old favorite recent read if I wanted to. Like, for, you know what I'm saying? There's there's just those comic books you forget about, kind of. I guess, yeah. For instance, uh, the, dang it, what's, <laughs> Sinestro Corps War. Yeah. I can't really remember a whole lot in detail about that story. So if you reread it, it would be like reading I, it again. I feel like it'd be a little bit new. I remember one fight between Kyle Rayner and Superboy Prime, mm-hmm. and I want to read that again. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, it's, because I know so much more about the DC Universe than I did the time that I read it. Kyle Rayner! I'm pretty sure it's pretty, yeah, it's Kyle Rayner and Superboy. 
But it's crazy. It's a cool read. Have you read that one? Uh, yeah. I read it when we had you. You, I read through all your Green Lantern trades. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is my library is so full and a, a lot of these stories I haven't read in a long time. A long time? It'd be fun to go back and read some of them. But, I'm uh, probably going to read through the, the colors again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my Wolverine. Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, and Captain America White. I want to read Captain America White. It's really good. And I want to read Daredevil Yellow. Yeah, Daredevil Yellow is phenomenal. I can't believe that I haven't touched Daredevil given how much I freaking love the show. Yeah. I uh, mean, the show is my second favorite Netflix original series, hands down. Second? Only to Stranger Things. Oh, okay. But See, I, Stranger Things is my second. <sighs> Only to Daredevil. Oh, gosh. Okay, I love Daredevil. My thing is, like, Stranger Things... Speaking of which, uh, pardon me. We haven't even talked about that show on this show, have we? Uh, no, because... It's germane to the conversation. I guess. I mean, they talk about X-Men. Go on, go on. Um, Luke Cage, shout out. Luke Cage, September 30th. Get your TVs ready. Get your, your boxes that you watch Netflix on. Luke Cage, season one. Uh, airs September 30th. I am going to be throwing a Luke Cage uh, party to to start watching it. Get your chicken wings and Slurpees. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> it wasn't meant to be I like know. that. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Why did you say chicken wings? <laughs> I think you're thinking of something else. No. Why'd you say chicken wings? Why not chicken wings? I guess. It's food you would get at a convenience store. Do you get chicken wings at a convenience store? You can. Definitely can. I know you get like hot dogs and hamburgers and chips and candy. <laughs> it's just what's, it's what... It's the feeling I've that lives in my heart. Wings. I have. Oh. I don't mean hot kind. I'm talking about the... I don't mean the hot kind. I'm talking about the kind you can just get in boxes. They do sell those, yeah. Oh. I was thinking more of like pizza. As pizza and Slurpees. Get your pizza and Slurpees. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's a staple. A staple in the kind of cuisine that you think it is. I think you might be confusing that with something else. And I'll mention that after the show because I don't want to offend anyone. I'm. I'm too. I'm. I mean, I may not be the most PC guy in the world, but I certainly don't want to say anything that's. <laughs> I think the fact that we're not saying it. Yeah, I know. Everyone knows the implication. The implication. Well, oh no, no, I didn't do my favorite recent read. You didn't. We talked about mine for so long. Cody, what's your recent read? Everyone, this is uh, Andrew's uh, second little miniature PBS special. PBS <laughs> special. Anyways, um, no, my, my favorite recent read is also my only recent read, and that's uh, Batman the Penguin Affair. 448 is the number. Um, it's from 1990. Marv Wolfman. He actually had some help from... Uh, oh, damn. I think it was Alan... I think Alan Moore actually helped him with the uh, idea for the story arc. Gosh, why am I why am I forgetting? But anyways, I, I know he had help for the the story planning. I don't know why it's only a three part story, but anyways, it's, it's the writing is really solid. The story itself it feels throwback even for its time. Yeah. So the penguin has this henchman in it named Harold, who is a uh, he's this genius, but he's also a deaf mute and a hunchback. A deaf mute? No, no, probably, probably not, not a deaf mute. He's just a mute. Okay. Yeah, he can hear. He's not a deaf mute. Okay. But he's he's uh, deformed and he's he's very intelligent. He helps Penguin uh, create this machine to control um, 
birds of prey or any actually any kind of birds to uh, go around and and, and, it ter- and they terrorize surprise. They, they terrorize the city and it's always birds and stuff. Yeah. But what's kind of cool is that uh, Batman was talking about to Tim because it's you know one of Tim's first cases. This is this is oh. Tim, this is Tim Drake's like first time being yeah. Robin. And that's why I got into this era of Batman. I'm continuing from 447, which was when Batman was in Russia. But anyways, uh, Tim's like, but you catch the Penguin every single time. Why is he a real threat? And he, yeah. and he said, well, unlike a lot of other villains, Penguin tends to learn from his mistakes. Um, the one th- the one thing Batman was saying has always been the Penguin's downfall is he has this ego cause he's, because he thinks that he... Has outwitted Batman. Well, no, no. He 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 thinks that his intel his intelligence mm-hmm. is. Uh, oh my gosh! I totally just went. He thinks his physical prowess is equal to his intelligence. Okay. And of course, as we all know, Penguin is not physically anything. No. And yeah. ba- Batman is saying if he had very able henchmen carry out his plans, he would have probably. Batman said he probably would have beaten me at least a couple times. Yeah. But because he, he of his ego, he he's never done that. Yeah. And when Penguin has created this technology, Batman is under the uh, impression that Penguin might try and sell uh, his idea to other criminals, or he might just try and use it for something else entirely. It's it's kind of one of those issues that leaves you thinking a lot, mm-hmm. and they don't really solve anything. So well, that's it's a because three, it's a three part uh, issue. I didn't get to finish it because the the second issue is in Detective Comics six fifteen. Aha! You got you got striked with classic Marvel comics. Yeah, which is that's kind of you know which is what I talked about with Amazing Spider Man. At least Detective Comics has to do with Batman, and it's an obvious like crossover. So did uh, so did Spider Man's. They were always like in Spectacular Spider Man or the Web of Peter Parker, or okay. Peter Pack Parker, or Spider Man. Or all the billion other Spider-Man spin-off side stories other than Amazing Spider-Man there were. I just want to apologize for getting my story so mixed up when it came to the Penguin. I, I could... For some reason, it was really difficult to articulate what the Penguin's plan was. and it's ma- Mainly because it's a silly 90s plot. Yeah. It, it's just executed well. Yeah. I, it's just... It's just... A lot of the it, 90s. It, it's just classic. A lot of the 90s plots except for Clone Saga were executed very well. But anyways, I, I liked it, and I'm going to keep reading this era of Batman Sweet. up through Nightfall, because so far, 90s Batman is my favorite Batman. 80, 80s and 90s Batman. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for listening. It's been an awesome week. Uh, we'll get you guys next time. Take care. <laughs>